Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Geiner and Matt Paul. The Nutcracker, not as bad as you thought it was as a child. I think that's like no, the moral of I, the story for many things. I guess, yeah. I guess I just like wasn't into it that time. But like now I was like, Jesus, this is kind of incredible. And it was funny. I don't remember the rats. Oh, yeah. The rats are a big component. Yeah. They, fight the, they fight the Nutcracker. Uh, I, maybe the costumes are just better because the costumes are really funny and they were like doing funny stuff. And there was a gingerbread man that was like, like, I don't know. It, it just. It, I don't remember laughing when I saw it previously. I remember being like, <sighs> "We were self-serious el- elementary school." That's children, true. I'm sure I fine. thought I was too cool, you know. But, but wow, yeah, no, it was great. And uh, yeah, now I'm just kind of looking for excuses to go back to Boston Opera House because it was just, it's just sick, you know. Yeah, time Thanks. to really go deep in ballet and opera, man. I guess so. This is your Renaissance year. <laughs> It's annoying because Cats isn't playing like anywhere around here. <laughs> it's playing in New York and Italy, a bunch of a bunch of different places in Italy. So there goes me like getting real trippy at Cats, you know, and whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'll just it have to survive by watching it as the Lord intended. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> On Blu-ray DVD. <laughs> Taylor Swift's greatest performance. She peaked in Cats, as far as I'm concerned. And also, possibly James Corden's only good role, because Ooh. he's perfect for this, like, really losery, unpleasant, and self-important cat. It's just, it's, oh, it's no a way. role he was born to play, you know? And he, say, you get to yeah. watch him make, a, make an ass out of himself and embarrass himself. It's, it's kind of it's great, actually. Wow. Destiny <laughs> is a thing. <laughs> Anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my crime thriller about the kidnapping of a late 90s Britpop icon, Gone Baby Spice Gone. I thought it was really brave of you to intentionally invent a new Spice Girl <laughs> as, a, as a self-insert. You know, what, was- Old Spice? Yeah, well, yeah, it was commendable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and my actually, that's um, people don't know that that movie is actually a big part of the reason why the band broke up because she's the only one who got to be in it. But you know, oh well. Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man suit actor, contortionist, mime, green suit guy. You unfortunately don't know me from playing Bruce Willis's receding hairpiece in Live Free or Die Hard. Because Len Wiseman edited me out of the movie for looking less like hair and more like, and I quote, a tall guy posing on top of Bruce Willis's head. Okay, this is the one time a special kind of back hair did not get me apart. It's a, it's sad. I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I saw some of the behind the scenes pictures, Dem, and I, I, I was fooled personally. Fair enough, but those behind the scenes pictures did show ample of my behind that's true i mean yeah it only worked when you were looking at him from the front but yeah whatever you know yeah yeah hi i'm matt paul and i'm totally not a script doctor so you definitely don't know me from writing the now dig on this scene (laughs) in spider-man 3 (laughs) oh man if I were you, I would take credit for that personally. I think the world, I think it's like spun back around and now it's amazing. No, that's Andrew Garfield. 
going to put some mud in your eye. Um, <laughs> anyway, once again, in an affront to my hopes of this podcast becoming the official podcast of Oswald Cobblepot's mayoral campaign, we have some corrections from the previous episode. Um, so, Tim, we were talking about... Vindication! <laughs> we were talking about the minigun from Scrooge that Lee Majors has being the same exact prop that they used in Predator. And Tim said it was also the same one that Arnold used in Terminator 2. And you are correct, Tim. There's That's actually- what I mean. You can't keep, can't keep a good prop gun down. <laughs> you can't. You can't. As someone who has played a prop gun, I'm sure you would know that. But yeah, the, there, so there's actually a thing called the IMFDB, the Internet Movie Firearms Database, and that's a real How thing. American. I know, right? And it, it actually does specifically say it is the same prop, although with some adjustments. Of course. I also thought I'd look into again if there was any proof that the other couple in the beginning of Batman Returns, the, the, the couple that the Cobblepots pass before they abandon their child, if there was any proof that the other couple is the Waynes, as I like to believe. I could not find any proof, and it is seemingly different actors than portrayed the Waynes in the first movie, but apparently this is a fairly popular fan theory. There's also people who think it's supposed to be uh, young Max Shrek due to an older draft of Batman Returns that made him and Penguin long-lost brothers. But uh, that would not make any sense. Why would right. another couple be walking him? Why would he be the same age as Oswald? Right. Um, you know, but believe it or not, if you look into this on, like, Reddit and stuff like that, a lot of people are like, no, it's definitely, if it's anyone, it's Shrek. That way, no, disagree, hard pass. Completely, yeah. I completely disagree. Also, I can't believe I didn't mention this when we were talking about the right? movie and Chip Shrek. I knew I was forgetting another role that Andrew Bryanarski, Bryanarski, um, sure played other than Leatherface, but it was Zangief and Street Fighter, famously delivering the line "Quick, change the channel." <laughs> Quick, change the channel, and doing the sideways thumbs up or the thumb sideways. <laughs> and the big epiphany is when they. To rotate his wrist for the thumb to point uh, up and yep. it's oh, uh, big epiphanous moment what a performance check I, check up check off thumbs sideways you know <laughs> what i mean you're like uh. correct well done but yeah i sorry about sorry about that andrew classic role of yours we should have absolutely mentioned that um also i decided to look into whether or not there's any actual Additional hints or whatever that Oswald killed his parents in between them abandoning him and the beginning of Batman Returns. Couldn't find anything, but in the novelization of the movie, it does say they died under, quote, mysterious circumstances. Um, but again, this is apparently a popular theory that he did, in fact, kill them. I can see that, but also novelizations of films, you know, always accurate. <laughs> True, but a lot of times they go off of... Um, a lot of times the novelizations are based yeah. off of earlier drafts of the script before it got to the shooting draft. So sometimes they do have stuff in them. Like I remember the Robocop 2 novelization that I read as a child had stuff that was in the original script. Uh -huh. But yeah, you're right. Sometimes it is not a good, uh, <laughs> it is not solid. Again, again, fun fan theories. Exactly. And then... I thought I'd look into it. Is there official things on whether or not Catwoman was a zombie or not? Apparently, uh, Tim Burton wanted it to be unclear whether she was really supernatural or just super lucky. Kind of playing off how Batman seems supernatural to the people who were scared of him. Um, so therefore, they, like he might be saying that she didn't die eight times. You know, she just managed to get away mm. with not dying. 
Um, one thing I thought was interesting is someone on Reddit claimed she was circled by nine cats when she fell, and he believed that they each gave her one of their lives. Adorable. I looked at pictures. I didn't really watch the scene, but I looked at pictures, and I counted eight cats around her in the shot above, but it might be nine. Maybe I couldn't see one. Either way, I kind of like that theory that nine cats each gave her a life. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Mm. And you know what? He did a hell... I think the theory... Tim Burton making it ambiguous only goes so far with her because of the whole how she offs Shrek. What do you mean? Totally... She could totally live through that. What are you talking about? Incredibly lucky. (laughs) Um... And then the last thing, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about this when we were talking about death scenes and stuff like that. The mm. way that the ice princess is killed. I oh, know. I know. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Um, it's also funny because I always have to remind myself that that's not Christy Swanson because it looks <laughs> so much like, like 90s Christy yeah, Swanson. That's a good point. Anyway, that's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. Steven Yoon, who is going to play the Superman-esque character, the Sentry, has left Marvel's Thunderbolts due to scheduling conflicts. Oddly, those scheduling conflicts only appeared after Yoon saw how much money Aquaman 2 and the Marvels made. Did Aquaman 2 bomb? It made well, sli- It's made more money than the Marvels, but um, compared yeah. to how well the first one did, um, yeah, it made, a, it made very little money. Hmm. It, yeah, if it'll make its production budget back, but will it make its marketing money back? You know, that's the real question. Yeah, it's a toughie. Happy Death Day and freaky director Christopher Landon has chosen to exit the already troubled seventh movie in the Scream series, calling the project a dream job that turned into a nightmare. Reportedly, the production is such a mess that producers have been turned down by directors Uwe Boll and Alan Smithy. <laughs> That's uh, that's for the Alan Smithy fans. Hey, hey, Alan, say what you will about Alan Smithy. He's done a lot of movies. He had very, you know, wide-ranging filmography, one what? could say. Even chronologically in the time-space continuum. I know, he's been working for a really long say. time. Matt, do you know who Alan Smithy is? No. It's the uh, name that directors put on movies that they disown. Ah, so yes. that's like a universally so, used name. Yeah, for, by like yeah. many directors. I'm pretty yeah. sure Paul Verhoeven used it for the edited version of of Showgirls. Hmm. That makes sense. The like TV version, but yeah, good stuff. Blumhouse Productions and James Wan's production company Atomic Monster have officially merged, creating one giant horror powerhouse. <laughs> Although it's unclear if they will retain their individual business names, insiders have spotted James Wan writing Atomic Blumpkin on a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Sure, I wasn't sure if that would work, but when you read it, it really I made know, me laugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> due to the classic Disney cartoon Steamboot... <laughs> the Canadian version. Yeah, Steamboot... Uh, Due to the classic Disney cartoon Steamboat Willie officially entering the public domain, a Mickey Mouse horror film is coming from the director of the unauthorized Grinch horror film, The Mean One, and the producers of Terrifier 2. Hopefully this doesn't get in the way of my public domain erotic thriller, Cream Boat Willie. (laughs) 
Nothing. Nothing should stand in the way of cream boat willing. I've been told that it's people are saying it's not very subtle. Um, I might have to work on that. I've known plenty of people who use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> they're all cowards. That's right. A producer of The Last Voyage of the Demeter revealed that the movie almost ended with a Van Helsing cameo. Reportedly, Van Helsing was going to appear in the lead character's home and say, I'm here to talk to you about the Dark Universe Initiative. <laughs> what, what could have been? <laughs> Imagine if they had done that. Psych, <laughs> you thought we weren't going to do it. <laughs> the DU's back, bitch. <laughs> you thought we learned our lesson, psych. We need to fund, we need to staff our theme parks with more, with more mascots because we've <laughs> lost them all to Disney. <laughs> Zack Snyder says he's going to release a more brutal, more bizarre, R-rated extended cut of Rebel Moon with a lot of sex. Apparently, it's going to be called Rebel Moon, the Snyder Uncut. <laughs> ah, gross. Now we know. <laughs> I, 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 that was a super liminal space I never wanted knowledge of. <laughs> Schrodinger's Snyder penis. <laughs> now we know. Now we Damn know. it. Uh, hey, by the way, is this is this Zack Snyder officially leaning into slash realizing he's more profitable and buzzworthy when he talks about his own quote, director's cuts that need to be released? So the what I'm under what I've been given the impression of uh, is that Netflix is trying to purposely orchestrate a Snyder Cut-like movement mm. by releasing an edited version of the movie first and then an un, you know, an R-rated extended cut of it later. Oh, God. Very silly. I, I think they should have just released the, the real one right away, but... Yes, you know. yes. Integrity? Artistic? What? No. Dutch. Organically making things happen? Ugh. No. Director Michael Mann has officially shot down the rumor that De Niro and Pacino were not in the same room. Should I say their names? People know De Niro and Pacino, Alex. <laughs> You're okay. I'm talking about John De Niro and Ralph Pacino. <laughs> you guys didn't know that? Oh, John, De John De Niro, the one who makes those knockoff tractors? <laughs> John De Niro. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> She wrote me a John Deere letter. Um, <laughs> direct, I wasn't really paying attention. Director Michael Mann has officially shot down the rumor that Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were not in the same room at the same time during the filming of the famous diner scene in Mann's 1995 crime classic, Heat. In fact, the two actors were always together during filming due to an unfortunate Chinese finger trap accident. Ah, don't you fool see? It's what brings us together that will set us free. <laughs> I'd really like to see behind the scenes pictures of like De Niro like slightly off frame with his fingers. That, that would be so great. <laughs> He's just out of frame. Yeah, like Pacino saying that she's got a great ass scene and De Niro's like under the desk. Yeah. <laughs> sighing. <sighs> and finally... Kang actor Jonathan Majors has officially been fired by Marvel after being found guilty of assault and harassment. On the upside, Marvel is planning on seamlessly replacing the actor with his distant cousin, Lee Majors. <laughs> won't even notice. He won't even... Can't tell. A geriatric <laughs> actor versus <laughs> young dude. Ah. 
Do they look different? I I can't remember. Um, <laughs> wow, that's gonna be crazy. Now now there's all these. Now they they're they're not sure if they're gonna recast or if they're just gonna yeah. have a completely new villain. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Things are going real well at Marvel. They're probably having a lot of fun not shitting their pants at all. See, this is, it's not superhero movies that we're tired of, folks. We're just tired of poorly executed and written movies. Yeah. 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 That's all. Just make good That's movies. All. Okay. I'll, I'll movie. happily watch a superhero movie. It's good. Yeah. That's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. Now playing in theaters is The Bricklayer. An ex-CIA agent is reactivated when when an extortionist targets the agency. The action thriller is directed by my boy, Rennie Harlan, and is written by Noah Boyd, Matt Johnson, and Mark Moss. It needs three writers for sure. It stars Aaron Eckhart, (laughs) Nina Dobrev, Tim Blake Nelson, aw, Oliver Trivana, Clifton Collin Jr., I love that guy, and Ori Pfeiffer? Yeah, that's, so there's this whole thing, and we're going to get to it a little further down, but there's this whole thing now of, like, action movies where it's a profession that turns out to be, like, a murderer, <laughs> like a professional hitman. I love Indeed. it. Love it. A benign name with a violent... Uh, job yeah 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 alex it's a good point i wonder if this will come back this I, theme. I wonder if it will i wonder if it will hmm well we'll never know now playing in theaters is he went that way a journey of curious tensions and bonds between two and at times three interesting <laughs> characters all on their own path <laughs> the crime thriller is directed by jeffrey darling and written by evan m weiner or Wiener, Tomato Tomato. Right. It stars Zachary Quinto, Jacob Elordi, and Patrick J. Adams. Fascinating. Indeed. Oh, shit, Matt. You got a good one. Now playing in theaters is Night Swim. Yay, yay. A woman swimming in her pool at night is terrorized by an evil spirit. The horror thriller is directed and co-written by Bryce McGuire and is co-written by Rod Blackhurst. What a name! It stars Carrie Condon, Wyatt Russell, Jody Long, and Amelie Hoferl. 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 Sure. Yeah, why not? I'm so yeah. excited for Night Swim. I know, right? I'm, I'm definitely... I, I saw the trailer when I was seeing something else recently, and I was just giggling the entire time. Um, uh, fuck yeah. Kind of... Yeah. Can't wait. Coming soon to theaters is Mean Girls again. Katie Heron is <laughs> Katie Heron is a hit with the plastics, an A-list girl click at her new school when she makes the mistake of falling for Aaron Samuels, the ex-boyfriend of Alpha Plastic Regina George. I love that term, Alpha Plastic. The definitely <laughs> the musical version, despite what the trailer show, is directed by Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr. and is written by Tina Fey again. It stars Andrea and Guri. Rice? Yeah, why not? I like her quite a know. bit. I think she's really good. Alil Cravalo? I would say uh, I, I would say Alui. Alui Cravalo. Oh, I'm sorry. Al, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bebe Wood, Avantika, Tina Fey, Tim Meadows, John Hamm, and Busy Phillips. I, I consider trying to say all those last four names in weird ways as if I didn't know how to pronounce them. <laughs> John whom? <laughs> John whom? And Bizey Flips. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Funny story. Did you guys see the 
commercial that brought them all back together. The original no. like Mean Girls cast members. It was like a no, sequel, no. effectively. It was a commercial for something. I can't remember what it was a commercial for. But the one person who wasn't in it was uh, Rachel McAdams. And apparently, she just didn't think anyone else would do it. She's like, they're not going to do it. So she said no. <laughs> and then the trailer, Whoops. the commercial came out, and she was like, oh, you guys actually said yes? Whoops. Classic. Oh. Coming soon to theaters is The Book of Clarence. Struggling to find a better life, Clarence is captivated by the power of the rising messiah and soon risks everything to carve a path to a divine existence. The comedy with a messiah complex is written and directed <laughs> by James Samuel. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, James McAvoy, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tayana Taylor, Anna Diop, and Alfre Woodard. Is James Samuel who made um, The Heart of They Fall? I believe so. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Good for him. I bet that's good. Then. Coming soon to theaters <laughs> is The Beekeeper. Oh, my God. What? I, I didn't see this coming. Not to be confused with The Bricklayer. <laughs> One man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as Beekeepers. What? The Honey Farmer's <laughs> Dream is directed by David Ayer and written by Kurt Wimmer. Ooh. It stars Jason Statham, Josh Hutcherson, Emily Raver Lampman, and Jeremy Irons. Wow. I forgot it was written by Kurt Wimmer. Yeah, man. Kurt Wimmer is still doing the work. The genius behind Equilibrium and Ultraviolet. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm really excited for The Beekeeper. Uh, apparently, the guy who handled all the action in the movie is the same person who did Silent Night for John Woo. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, that's... Okay. The Beekeeper. And it's so weird when <laughs> when we covered a movie being like... A, like going into production and now it's coming out like it's it's weird right circle fly. <laughs> the circle all right that's it for new releases which means it's time for what did we watch this week it's been a year since i first became the guyver unit and destroyed the chronos corporation and their shape-changing killers the zoonoids but the guyver stays in there calling me to fight to kill more powerful than any alien it's calling you isn't it more unstoppable than any robocop And more of a hero than any Power Ranger. Oh my god. <laughs> so we're officially into January, which means it's time for Uncanuary. <laughs> um, where we cover movies that revolve around characters that either originated in comic books or have similar powers slash abilities. 
Uh, this could be something like 2000's X-Men movies, Uncanny, or an original idea such as Sam Raimi's Darkman, or in this case, 1994's R-rated creature effects martial arts extravaganza, Guyver Dark Hero. Sean Barker, <laughs> unwilling to host an alien bi- <laughs> Unwilling to host an alien bio-armor. Um, I told you, Guyver, leave, <laughs> you weren't invited to the party. I didn't cook anything for you. <laughs> Unwilling host to an alien bio-armor known as the Giver must fight the Kronos Corporation before they discover the secrets of the Giver's origin. The tokusatsu superhero film is based on the manga and anime bio-booster armor Giver created by... Yosh- Yoshiki Takaya. Created by Yoshiki Takaya. And is a sequel... See, that wasn't even in the Wikipedia. I added his name because I'm trying to, be, you know, be respectful. You're a good, you're a good man. Um, and is a sequel to the 1991 film The Giver. It's written by Nathan Long, directed by effects legend Steve Wang, and stars David Hayter, Kathy Christofferson, and Christopher Michael. One little bit of trivia about this movie is that David Hayter would go on to write the first two X-Men movies, the Watchmen movie, and play the voice of Solid Snake in several Metal Gear Solid games. Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys know what tokusatsu means, by the way? No, please, enlighten us. So that's the name of like the genre of movies in Japan that movies and shows. It it, it technically translates to special effects. Um, so yeah. like Super Sentai, like all the shows that became Power Rangers are Tokusatsu. Yeah. Um, Kamen okay. Rider, Godzilla, those are all considered Tokusatsu movies. Cool. I could, that makes sense because I I was I was calling this film very Super Sentai like. So that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And and. Makes sense, and Steve Wang almost directed the power, the power first Power Rangers movie. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Original cast first Power Rangers movie or the reboot? The original one. Well, the one that is missing some of the cast members because they quit during production. Right. Um. But right. yeah, the the one with Ivan Ooze, he was the original director, and he he did some nice. of the work. It, like he was fired into production, or he quit into production. So some of the stuff was all him. Um, and they probably would have been wow. sick if they let him do it. Yeah. So as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Guyver Dark Hero. So if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie and come back. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Guyver Dark Hero? Wow, what a goofy movie. This is such a <laughs> this is such a Tim and Alex movie, by the way. <laughs> Um, he said with such venom. I thought I had seen. I thought I had seen this. Maybe you guys made me watch the first one, but I didn't oh. remember seeing this one. It, it's possible. That, yeah, that that might have happened. Yeah. And after the opening sequence, boy, was I happy that it changed locations <laughs> and became what it was. Because I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if it was just like. Him and Gritty Dark Alley's just like <laughs> fighting drug dealers. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, my um, favorite things about Guyver 2 Dark Hero. Um, I did actually like that opening sequence. I liked when the pipes um, were shot and the smoke conveniently covered yeah. up the um, entrance for Guyver yeah. to just come Hell in yeah. and look cool. Um. I love the his um at, at first I like started to write it down as something that was gonna c- confuse me because I thought like that was it, but the lasers that shot out 
and then there's kind of like a, a awkward enough pause that mm-hmm. you think that was just a weird thing that happened, but then you realize it was him leaving a signature. I guess. <laughs> yep, he and sure then that's was. Like the title of yep. the movie. Um, <laughs> that, yep. So yeah, that was cool. It, it, it was his his Zorro moment. Yes. Um, I love all the video game um, sound effects and music. Um, Tim, you informed us that Les Claypool did the music. Um, no, 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 no. Les Claypool the third <laughs> oh, did the music. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Just not fun fact about Les Claypool the third on IMDb. The first trivia: he is not Les Claypool of Primus. <laughs> oh, he's it, not. He isn't. It's a completely different human being. What? Oh. <laughs> That's why he's Les Claypool 3. I thought That's when how. you told us that, I was like, oh, yeah, because Tim likes Primus. Well, I told you that because, well, yes, but it was because it was. it's funny. I'm like, look, it's a Les Claypool that isn't the obvious Les Claypool. That's wow. so funny. I always I mean, thought I did it... wonder why there wasn't, like, bass slapping in the Correct. music. <laughs> why would Les Claypool, multi-instrumentalist, uh, and bon vivant, uh, just make music on three Casio keyboards <laughs> in 1990. What one, two? When does this come out? Uh, I just read it. I know, and I forgot it. 1991, I think. Oh no, 94, 94, 94. 94. I can't. How did I yeah, forget that just, so quickly? Just after the re- release of Pork Soda, Prime Primus stopped touring <laughs> to support the album, so Les Claypool could dick around on three keyboards. Anyway, sorry, continue, Matt. I've interrupted. Um anyway, um enough about Les Claypool. Um <laughs> so many squibs. That was cool. Oh yeah. Um I enjoyed that. Um and and you know, um again, I was happy when everything pretty much started happening in the daylight and then you saw all the cool, you know, creature effects of all the different um things that all the people were turning into so yeah so i mean i guess i should say this for things i was confused about but yeah um i was a little confused during this movie <laughs> zoonoids what's what's there to be confused about man what do They're you just mean called zoonoids yeah <laughs> this movie so, makes perfect um, sense. i thought it was funny when when all the bad guys well when basically everybody <laughs> except for like the government guy and yep. the girl the love interest all like it was zoonoids the whole time like you get to be a zoonoid you get to be a zoonoid look under your chair it's a zoonoid (laughs) Um, but i think my favorite one was the um the um the balding gentleman who becomes the creature from the black lagoon that was cool yeah um and i love that they talk in their like kind of human voices and they like laugh (laughs) (laughs) um evil maniacal laughs from their zoonoid mouths um (laughs) so that was cool i thought they looked cool actually um but um i liked all the um the like ancient alienness of it i liked i thought the um the i guess they were like neanderthals Around yeah, the campfire, yeah. having a hoedown, and then turning into zoonoids. <laughs> that was a, a cool hoedown. That was a cool scene. That was a cool um, scene. I thought that was fun. Like the transformations were were good. Like it, like they had human eyes, and then they didn't because there was zoonoids. Um, 
so that was fun. I um I thought the planet it showed the planet, right, that they're from. That looked cool. I guess that's what that was in the weird flashback. I think that so. That was the ship's Or is that and the ship's landing on a primordial earth? Is oh, that is that what, what that was? I could never remember. There yeah, were like because... a whole bunch of them, right? Right. Yeah. They seeded life on the planet and then oh, said, Oops. Oh, it's like the um Yeah, engineers. some legit ancient alien shit. Now Whoa. you appreciate it more, you see the alien connection. <laughs> so Prometheus Whoa. is just a shitty Giver 2 ripoff, <laughs> is what you're yeah. telling me. Yeah. Wow. It all makes sense now. <laughs> um I loved when the um when the creature from the Black Lagoon said that he loved his job and then give and then gave them <laughs> the breaks the fourth wall. Laugh. Um I thought that was cool. Um yeah, so honestly, I was much happier to watch this when all the creatures showed up. Oh yeah. And the ancient aliens showed up cuz I didn't know anything about what I was going to watch. Right. Oh, and my last thing is that when in the beginning, um, when Giver walks behind a bunch of crates and degivers, yep. um, I had um, subtitles on, and the subtitle said, Sizzling. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> what did it say? It sizzling? Said, it said sizzling, like sizzling, <laughs> like sizzling fajitas. <laughs> like, it, like, like, like when Giver degivers, it creates a sizzling <laughs> noise. A sizzling sound. It said sizzling. That's, I like that's that also awesome. concept, the concept, mo- the fact that the movie kind of implies that to activate the Giver, you know, he has to go, he has to go, Giver! Giver. <laughs> but Giver. to take it off, just a casual shrug behind some crates or just a casual momentarily. sizzle. I wish he had it to be sizzles. like, Sean! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that's about it. I'll let you guys do your thing. So yeah, Giver 2, uh, Dark Hero. He's looking for Metal Gear. And uh, no, it's great. David Hayter, uh, none of the cast from the first movie come back. Nope. <laughs> Should be noted. Um, Even the none. lady that he breaks up with in the or breaks up with him in the park, is she in the first movie? Her character is, not the actor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. None of the actors returned. Except um, for David Hayter? Nope. Oh, he's new too. Yep, everybody's new in this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's basically a new movie, a soft reboot. A soft reboot. <laughs> With considerably less Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's <laughs> in the Combs. first one? Yeah, and so is Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, this movie is primo. I mean, was it? This movie came out when we were like 12. We probably saw it right around then, whenever it showed up on TV back in the day. So, so yeah, this if, was definitely all over Sci-Fi Channel. So, yeah. if I remember correctly, I think we probably saw this in high school, because I believe... I saw it in middle. Really? Maybe, maybe yeah. it was... Oh, maybe it was eighth grade. Because I, I feel like you and I saw it together, and and I think Adam brought it home. So, unless you had seen it pri- before I had seen it. I mean, my, my you know what? Human memory is a Swiss, a, a unreliable thing. So either story is possible. I thought I saw it sooner than high school. Who the heck knows? I like both stories. Eighth grade would have worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally would have worked. Yeah. So like, let's let's be honest. Let's um, let's call it what it is. This is nineties direct to video trash. <laughs> okay. Elevated nineties direct to video trash. 
Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's not ele- it's elevated in the fact that it's not sleaze. Right, right. Um which it could have easily oh, gone yeah, to. They it could have thrown some softcore in there. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. The production value screamed like they're going to show some titties. I, I remember and thinking they were going to any second, and they never did. <laughs> right, I was like, because huh? you had the scantily clad, uh, underdressed, not scantily clad, but underdressed women working an archaeological dig site with their short shorts and their hair down <laughs> and shit like that, and their and their crop wiping tops, wiping their brows. Yeah, working so hard. The the hippie dude wearing open toed shoes, <laughs> I think sandals during an archaeological dig. You know, this is just some qu- archaeological quackery. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's shot. It has the same production quality of of some kind of soft core like yeah. Corman sleaze fest, and that's what this movie does. It really feels like it's going to dip into that that lane all the time. It never does. It does commit. To excellent, excellent squibbage and blood work. Oh, yeah. Um, which is what the first movie is missing, because I believe the first movie is PG-13, and this is R. That's correct, yep. Because th- this movie tells you right away that opening scene's like, you see a guy's bloodied head because the bad guys killed a dude. So, you know, this movie's going to be, it's not your, it's not your dad's guy for movie. This one's got <laughs> blood and gore. And you know that in the first two minutes. Yeah, yeah. They could, unfortunately, scream. I don't think Screaming Man George was a part of this one. So, no, no. But he was in the first. He was part of the first one. So, you had the spirit of Screaming Man George in this movie, in the fact that you had, what's that? You had quite a bit of recycling from of monsters from the first movie, yeah. and I only know that because I recently watched the first movie. <laughs> right. Um. I'm sorry, not monsters, zoonoids. It's it's like stupid BS that like if you watch the movies back to back you're gonna see some reused assets as we would say mm-hmm. in the video game world. Um, one very notable one. So, but you have a few. You got also some new monster designs and zoonoid designs. Sorry, they're not monsters; they're people too. <laughs> yeah. So, the spirit of Screaming Man George is there. It's great, um, but it's definitely lacking his general aesthetic and approach to things because. He's a weirdo. Yeah. And you really need a weirdo to like be a part of this, especially be a part of something he created. So, yeah, it's basically a watered down. Somehow a low budget movie felt like it has gotten further watered down and it's during its sequel. You feel the budget in this film. But I also think that's part of its charm. So it's a strength. Yeah. You know, it, but yeah, that's what I mean. It's 90s direct-to-video trash, and I don't say that as a pejorative. I say that as just, you either like it or you don't. And it hit at the right time in my developmental cycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great smelling garbage. Anyway, yeah. Alex. Oh, man. Guyver Dark Hero. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's... It's fun, like saying it's it's uh, direct video trash is accurate, and I think that's one of the reasons that this movie is so fascinating because mm-hmm. I expected nothing from it. You know, especially after seeing yeah. the first one, I was really like expecting to be let down, and then that intro happens, and I'm like, "Excuse right? me," and then I'm kind of like bored for a little while, and then 
that first like zoonoid fight happens and i'm like what the fuck is going on and then like yeah. that whole end battle happened i remember watching yeah. the end battle of this movie on repeat i remember rewinding the vhs and watching it over and over again and it's just it's everything that this movie does well seems twice as special because your expectations are so low and the movie seems so cheap in other ways and it's it's a really fascinating movie. It is. But yeah, it, it, I think the movie kind of looks kind of great at points. Um, that intro is great. The the zoom onto the 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 like bio booster armor thing before it like became part of him, and then it shows yeah. his face in it. There's like these all these like kind of shitty looking you know visual effects. Um, but it kind of looks awesome. Like the movie's kind of cheap looking, but there's a lot of contrast and like good lighting and smoke in the background, especially in that beginning. Like it, it, the movie looked cheap at the time, but now like I feel like movies wish they looked as good as this movie does a lot of the time, especially that end battle. The lighting for the entire end battle looks fantastic. Yeah. You really see the quality dip in it's you, in the. F- film stock they used you have some ultra grainy ish going oh you definitely do you definitely Mm. do but it's like it's like charming you know like it it kind of works for it in my opinion and then like the the fight choreography in this movie is so good um and i think one of the things that makes it so good is because of the suits they're wearing they really hit each other you know, so it's yeah. you can show them like fully kick someone and all this stuff. So it like really makes the fighting really work. Like this is some of my favorite fight choreography in anything. And I think it's partially because not only that it's like choreographed well and shot well, but because they actually are making contact, visibly making contact. Yeah. So like all these great stunts, all these great actors, like the fact that they're flipping around and doing all this crazy shit mm-hmm. in these suits is just wild. This uh, this movie has some interesting things in it. Um, so that kick that he does at one point, he 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 does like a flip, and it looks like he's gonna kick the Zoonoid with one leg, but then he kicks him with the other as he falls. That's actually yeah. commonly referred to as the Giver kick. It's it's so popular oh, mm. from this movie that it went on and hey. was used in tons of different movies. That's awesome. Due to this, and even though it did not actually originate. In this movie, it, this was like the third time it had ever appeared. Um, I actually found a Twitter thread at one point. This guy wrote, this guy Dom O'Brien wrote a book called Budget Biomorphs. It just came out recently. Oh. I haven't gotten to read it yet, but it's about the making of these two movies. And he did like a history of that kick. So that's seemingly the third time it's ever been done in anything. But uh, cool. it went on to appear in a lot of different things. Uh, Steve Wang's next movie, Drive, starring Mark Dacascos. Um, it's in oh Hong Bak. Uh, it's in Undisputed 2. It's in... Oh, it's in uh, Psycho Goreman. Oh, my God. That makes sense. Yep. The, the bad guy that he fights does it. Um, huh. So, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The, and the fight, the, the kick was done by this guy, uh, Akihiro Yuji Noguchi. Um, who mm-hmm. is like legendary? He did he did stunts on that movie Kate that we like. Um, mm. he did a lot of action design for a bunch of different movies, and he was like the second unit director from almost every Power Rangers thing ever made. Aha! Uh-huh. The fight choreography was done by this guy. 
Ko- I'm going to butcher it, but uh, Koichi Sakamoto, um, who went to do mm-hmm. choreography, a bunch of Power Rangers things too. So just like really great fight choreography, a lot of great stunts. I love the like fight in the water, which is technically so goofy, but them doing it all in the yeah. suits is really impressive. I, lo- I love when the Giver like turns into Jaws and like is swimming around yeah. them and stuff like that. It's so funny. Uh, that's uh, so good. <laughs> You know, all that stuff's great. The gore and all that during the fights is awesome. Um, there's also that, like, bridge kick when they have that, like, foot bridge and he, like, s- flies up from under it and kicks in slow-mo. Oh, Hell it's just, yeah. It's just so good. Ignore the wire work beforehand. Right, and some of the wire work looks kind of goofy, but some of the wire work in this movie actually looks really good. Oh, but also you can see the wires. <laughs> <laughs> right. Again, it was it was you know they didn't have a lot of money to work with. Um, right, right. Based on everything I've I've know about this movie, it's kind of amazing that the movie turned out as well as it did, considering the limitations that they had. Um, right. But yeah, the effects and suits are fantastic. As I said, Steve Wang, the director, is a truly legendary effects guy. He'd been working mm-hmm. with Stan Winston for years. Pretty much anything cool that Stan Winston was part of he was generally the lead sculptor on it he was the lead sculptor for the predator um he was the lead sculptor for the uh gilman in monster squad um which would make perfect sense when you see this you know he he did um he did what's his face uh the gilman in the hellboy movies he did that too Abe, abe sapien abe sapien you know he's he's a legend um he's 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 awesome and so they did such a good job him and his his crew you know, he did the the Giver suit looks incredible. The light up eyes, yes. The zoonoids yes. look great. Even the the flashback to like the primitive humans turning into zoonoids and that other Giver they show briefly is really cool looking. Yeah, right. The the miniatures of the spaceships. I love the Giver zoonoid at the end. I think he looks so scary. Um, mm-hmm. All that's great. And the last thing I'll mention that I really liked is oddly enough the sound design in this movie. Not because it's like good but because i remember it i'll always remember how like his hollow voice sounds when he's in the guyver costume right. um it, it just i always remember that i'll always remember how they put cat meows mixed into yes. the grunts of the first zoonoid um and i love and her the, dad like, makes it, her dad zoonoid form makes elephant sounds that's right it makes elephant yeah. sounds um and the sound that, like, the little, like, clicks and clanks that the Giver suit makes and the, the sound it makes when it when he's running, the, like, yeah. that, like, low, high-pitched hum. I just, like, I just love all the sound design in this movie, even though I'm sure it was someone doing it in, like, a day. Um, I just yeah. think it all works surprisingly well. Most of the Giver sounds were just jet engines with pitch shifted <laughs> at various speeds. I believe it. Do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies, in honor of David Cronenberg? Um, big time cronies to um, the um, the the set of pulsating um, boobies <laughs> on the back of his neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be big weird time. if you didn't say that. Big time. Yes, yeah, his, ne- his neck nipples. <laughs> his neckles. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Just, just ew. Big time. Yeah. New new fetish has been unlocked. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. Cronies to the melodramatic acting, just in general. <laughs> like whenever, like, <laughs> what like, do you mean? I know, like when, like David Hayter is like talking to the. I feel bad. I don't know her character's name. Kathy Christofferson. I'm yeah, I can't remember it either. 
just so, just so melodramatic and cringy, but you know that's what you sign up for with this movie. Yeah, Arbor mentions of the cool. Um, there's a cool tunnel that when he the the overly long, I will say, um, hitchhiking scene of him getting out <laughs> to Utah. Yeah, um, he he like goes through that like one tunnel that's like through like the mountain. Right. Um, that was cool. They were definitely like they definitely like were like pull over the van. We're gonna shoot right here. Like it just looked cool. Right. It did. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go honorable mention. I alluded to this earlier to one of the main villain costumes from the first movie reappearing in this completely unaltered and just expected to be a random other Zoanoid. <laughs> Uh, it was the green guy with the bone head protrusion, oh, like the rhino. Um, I can't remember. No, he wasn't. He wasn't named. He was um, one of the last okay. ones. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he one had, of uh, his head kind of looked like an anvil. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. And he was, uh, well, he was a main antagonist in the first movie, so it was a very prominent costume. So it was like, oh man, guys, you didn't even try <laughs> to spray paint it a little bit differently, but oh, okay, cool. He's back, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that, so honorable mention to that. I wish I could remember the character's name from the first movie, so you guys would know who I was talking about. Um, and yeah, uh, just cronies in general to when uh, Christopher Michael's character uh, clocks one of the security dudes uh, in the head and the guy is in mid zoonoid oh, transformation yeah. and he's passed out on the ground and he's got this gaping head wound and he's just half monster and mm. you're like yeah. so that was a little crony that was good it was cool but crony because that just gash in his forehead Ugh. yeah Alex yeah man wow one thing I, I will say that one could argue that the effects and fight sequences in this movie are also kind of cronies because they're they're mm -hmm. so good that they highlight how comparatively boring the rest of the movie is, you know, yeah. because like the movie just comes to life whenever the suits are, you know, like the second like you can actually kind of just like look down at your phone. Like, I don't want to be like disrespectful to the movie. I, I do think they they tried really hard with the, what they had, you know, and yeah. I, I'm not trying to be shitty, but like. One could argue that you just could just like sit there and look at your phone until you hear like Giver or or you know <laughs> Zoanoid, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> and it's not just so much an insult to the rest of the movie; it's just that all that stuff is so well done that it, that it's just such a stark contrast to the rest of the movie. Seriously, honorable mention to the super classic vigilante foiling a robbery intro. Um, I enjoyed yep. that. Uh, honorable mention to. I guess I guess it's a crony. It, it's is the music um, by you know <laughs> not the real Les Claypool. Um, the more you know, but it, it, I like the theme. I like that. You know, like I like that. But they just it sounds so cheap. It sounds like it was made. Yeah. I, I don't even. It sounds like it was recorded off of a v, like a, a cassette tape that someone else made like seven years ago or something. And they just keep <laughs> inserting it into scenes where it doesn't quite fit. But it's it's charming, so I don't really mind, you know, like even when it's like off or cheap sounding, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I like it still. Um 
it's, still in my, it's, it's an earworm for me. That's all I was hearing <laughs> after watching the movie. Was, oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, it, that's because it's like catchy. It's like a, it's a cool, it's a memorable theme and it just like sticks around. Yeah. Honorable mention to there being a car in the warehouse in the beginning for him to throw people onto. That was very convenient. Three. That car gets work. <laughs> Honorable mention to all the Texas switches. Um, so a Texas switch is when <laughs> an actor goes out of frame or like a stunt person goes yeah. out of frame and then the actor comes into the frame, which is yeah, what man. they kept doing for the, the sizzling scenes, as you called it, Matt. Um, I, my favorite is when he walks behind the tree and you see the little yeah. flashes of light and then he's all of a sudden David Hayter again. Um, I enjoyed all those. Those are great. Nice little simple way to save some money. And I I love how the be- like honorable mention to the beginning treating the guyver like he's like the coolest thing alive while he straight up murders a guy by slitting its throat. Um, I know, right? Honorable mention to that title reveal, lasering it into the the wall, just so great. Cronies to the nips on the back of his neck, as you mentioned. I love the idea that all cryptids are actually zoonoids. That's a fun yeah. little thing to throw in there. Yeah. Honorable mention to the. Let's put big glasses on the hot girl to tell everyone she's a nerd trope. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love that. Does she I ever wear them again besides um, the opening? A few times. They're yeah, off and on, but once shit starts going down, she keeps them off. But she does very dramatically take them off when she's feeling annoyed. When she's like, yes. you could go home if you want. I, love when, I also love when she goes in town just to get people a ba- bags of chips and a case of Bud Dry. Yeah, man. Honorable mention to how they cast the bad guys. They all look like bad guys. You know? Yeah. Like the second <laughs> yeah. you see them, you're like, oh, those are the bad guys, right? Um, <laughs> also, honorable mention to the giant futuristic looking background behind the boss during the video calls. Yeah. You know, know, like you can't tell what's going on in there. Is it like a factory that builds and, you know, grows zoonoids? I don't know. He's on the moon. <laughs> it kind of looks like the moon. Um, and uh, honorable mention to the main zoonoid saying, you're fired. Um, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, cronies to the weird hand walking running move that the zoonoid guyver does. And then. Hey, that's. That's just great improv. <laughs> and then our Giver spinning like a top at one point. Yeah. Those are a little yeah, weird. Yeah. What didn't you like about Giver Dark Hero? Was there anything that confused you? There is nothing bad or confusing about this movie, obviously. <laughs> I mean, everything confused me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I don't even know if going back to watch the first movie would even be no. helpful. I don't it, think it, so. No, there's no point. No. But, um... But yeah, once you get over that, it's like, all right, this is just what I'm watching. Yeah. You know, I I, I, I didn't love or I wish it could be improved upon. Um, the design of the ship could have been a little more vaginal, honestly, or like, <laughs> you know, Giger-esque. <laughs> Um, like it was almost, there were bits of it that were like, all right, all right, there's an orifice. Um, <laughs> that's why I said we needed screaming Mad George to come back. It yeah, was a very watered it could have down been a little George. more overt in my 
opinion. Screaming Mad George would have put teeth on a lot of that shit. And you'd be like, why? And he'd be like, fuck you. Speaking of, some of this is kind of um, existenzy. Yeah, you know, very flesh well. tech. Oh, totally. Flesh yeah. tech. No. Yeah, it's all bio-organic, techno-organic shit. Mechanical. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, apart from, you know, kind of wishing there were more, you know, dicks and vajayjays <laughs> around. Um, yeah. That's about it. Understandable complaint for any movie. Honestly. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Alex, earlier, is. Whenever the Guyver and Zono would show up, you realize just how boring the rest of the movie is. And yep. that's the only problem with this movie. Yeah. Um, it's boring, guys, except for when the Guyver and the Zonoids are there. Yeah. Um, it's just a rollicking good time. Uh, it's a hot take. Guyver oh. 1 is the better film. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it's, I remember it being like so more consistent. It. Yes, it's more consistent. It's more, yeah, it's. It's definitely, it definitely seems to be done with more love and care mm. to the story, um, even whereas this one is more about the special effects, right? Um, the, the monster suits, which again, good, they're strong. The very huge inspiration for what you know, how I would draw armor in my teenage years for a long time, <laughs> and how that kind of, you know, what I mean, like yeah. masks always had those cool steam vent gas masky thing going. Fuck it was yeah. rad. Um, because of his little Hitachi forehead unit that he has that extends <laughs> at the end. Uh, it's set to vibrate. <laughs> um, it's a neck, but it's a personal massager. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, whenever the mos- whenever the suits aren't on camera, you feel it very much. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it me? Um, Alex? Like, for, like, why on earth is this movie over two hours? I know. <laughs> like, w- honestly. I know. You know, like... Again, I I I love this movie, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of the incredibly talented people who made this movie. Um, again, I think this movie's kind of a miracle, but like it absolutely did not need to be over two hours. That's crazy, it and is. like it even has like a slow, you know, black screen opening credits thing, yeah. you know, and with yeah. with you know our boy Les's music playing over and over again with the name, <laughs> you know. Imagine how much more of a baller opening would have been if they went straight from the laser graffiti on the wall to the next scene you know what i mean like yeah. that would have been like oh fuck i'm ready give me this movie maintain momentum right and then like him jumping off the cliff and changing as he falls that's really a cool scene but they man do they stretch out him getting ready to jump it just yeah. goes on for so fucking long you know there's just there's definitely things they could have trimmed down to make this movie like tighter and more enjoyable but, you know, and yeah, I always forget about the mechanics of how zoonoids work. I'm like, how is her dad a zoonoid? But she's seemingly not like I can never remember what's going on with any of that. It's just like a, an offshoot of mankind, really. And genetic, I guess. Right. I guess. So. I But yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's just dormant. She, does, she doesn't have the dominant uh, zoonoid gene or something or she doesn't know. I have no idea. Very confusing. <laughs> Do you have a favorite death scene? Ooh, I mean, I did like the drug dealer. <laughs> the beginning. Yeah, that was that was pretty brutal. You don't have to kill Just me. Just arrest me. And then Just he gets his throat slashed. He just needed to get him out of his way because he was blocking the sight of his future graffiti. Honestly. Yeah. I'm an artist. Yeah, my favorite death has got to be um, 
boar cat quill zoonoids, brutal death. The cat sounding, the one that makes cat sounds when he attacks. The weird diagonal head slicing. And the gouging of the eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smashing him against the body weight against the tree. So he just starts barfing blood out of his mouth. And you're just like. Right, right. Like, this is some severe, like. He previously, you know, Guyver extends one of his elbow blades, slashes somebody, and they're dead. Right. But no, he takes time out of his day That's to right. ruin this. He does. <laughs> this That's right. He breaks there his will... hands back. Yeah. Blasts out his eyes. Sli- That's right. That's right. I'm thinking yeah. of yeah. He just that zoonoid cut someone, cut one of the hunters' heads, like yes. sliced it diagonally in half. That's it, what I was yeah. Thinking. It was the reporter that the hunter brought yes. out with him. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Which is always would fit the trope of why is the black guy always gotta die first? I know, and that's what did. So yeah, the just the brutalization of that one zoonoid. It was just a very fuck you in particular moment, which is just <laughs> you know it's great. It's just great. Yeah, those are two of my favorites. I think I'm gonna give it to my third option just because it wasn't mentioned, but the Giver zoonoid melting at the end. Oh yeah, and then getting disintegrated by. You know, the chest blast. The chest cannon. Um, yeah. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. God, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. What I noticed this time that I didn't notice before is when his face is melting, you can see like his like skull underneath. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's brutal shit. It's <laughs> great. And it goes on for a while. That dude is screaming. Yes, it does. <laughs> to the point where you're like, why are you going to even mercy kill him at this point, Kyver? <laughs> oh, he's, he's dead. Um, yeah. Would you give any random aesthetic choices in Guyver Dark Hero a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers in the Neil Blomkamp movie Demonic? There's no way he doesn't like this movie. <laughs> I mean, I know. District 9 is basically like, that's a Zoonoid. Yeah, I mean, all the Zoonoids obviously are really great looking, but um, I got to give it to the henchman in the beginning with the drug rug and the red bandana. <laughs> yeah, that looks so <laughs> silly. It- so silly they're all wearing sunglasses in the dark inside a warehouse what are you doing how are you gonna get anything done (laughs) easy there Corey hart (laughs) so funny i agree yeah it's great i gotta give my breaky to kathy christopherson aka Corey. Corey. uh her character's choice to wear what i dubbed the canadian evening gown (laughs) It was a complete dungaree <laughs> dress. <laughs> Canadian uh, yeah. For, evening gown. I, I love mean, why that. not? You got the Canadian tuxedo. I fucking so, love that. That's fantastic. We found we found the Canadian <laughs> evening gown, and again, just highlighting the like, what did these archaeologists pack this shit <laughs> with them? This is impractical. Your you guys are basically nomadic fringe science archaeologist trying to get money wherever you can and you have time to pack your e- oh my god <laughs> I mean, so you yeah. never know you never, you never know well, okay fair enough matt that's a good point i'm think i'm too small-minded you're right uh yeah you're right they have a life outside of this <laughs> and she needs to have her canadian evening gown that's for all right. those nights at the local dive bars <laughs> um but yeah it, no yeah, it was just great i mean freaking dungaree dress hell yeah go hell for yeah. it a plus that's fa- that's fantastic um, yeah, some of my runner-ups were the s- criminal outfits, the bandanas and sunglasses. Um, I love the Zoonoid Giver. Gar- I think he looks really cool. Um, he does. I'd almost get, I'm, I, I 
it's funny. I want to give it to this because I oddly, this is one of the few things I always remember from this movie. But um, mm-hmm. Bark, Sean Barker's double T-shirt rolled up look. He's wearing like a blue yeah, shirt right? T-shirt with a white T-shirt underneath, but the white sleeves are rolled up. So his, it looks like he has like these thick white sleeves on his T-shirt, but it's because he's wearing two T-shirts. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good look, but I I just got to give it to the Giver. I just got to give it to my boy Giver. That dude rules. You, you, you really do. He just really looks fantastic. Do. Very cool design. Yeah. Right, because it's like a cool design anyway, but St- like Steve Wang and team just did such a goddamn good job. He looks so great. Yeah, man. So... <laughs> This is more of a question for one of us, I guess. Finally, do you see yourself watching Guyver Dark Hero again in the future? And do you think you'll be recommending it to anyone? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I it's more of a wouldn't. it's more of I an mean, Alex and Tim movie for sure. I'm not gonna watch it anytime soon, but I definitely didn't hate watching it. Um, right. Yeah, but it's you know, drag. it was far better than I expected it to be. Um, and you know, it has a lot of stuff going for it. It's a fun watch, like once, like, right? Yeah, I feel like I would recommend this to anybody who, you know, yeah, this, uh, I mean, this it's 90s trash, and I say that with love because, right. like, I was like, this movie, and I think Rucker Hauer's Omega Doom <laughs> is like on par with this, and that it's. As a kid, I don't know why I liked these movies that were kind of generally boring, but I just love them all the same. Right. And then you realize, right, there's like some really great parts and moments in these movies that really were, ended up being very inspirational right. for how I, you know, viewed things and had ideas about stuff. So, of course I'll watch. Yeah, I'm sure I'll watch it again. Um, I'd say I watch it every once in a while, you know. And yeah, it's just, you know, there was a time when like, Mockbusters and low budget straight to video movies were had surprising amounts of like creativity and successes in mm. them. You know, you'd watch these movies that had no right being good and they'd pull off something really impressive. Uh, this, this is like, like Nemesis, you know, our boy Albert Pune's <laughs> epic. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's just got, it's just got that going for it. And, uh, you know, if you like things like Power Rangers or, martial arts movies or even kind of superhero movies i would definitely say it's worth seeing just because it's such a an oddity it's so it's not really i wouldn't necessarily compare it to anything else other than the first mm-hmm. guyver movie and even that it doesn't really compare to but yeah it's 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 certainly something to say the least <laughs> uh all right before we go did either of you watch any other movies this week that you like to quickly recommend or not recommend guys i actually watched a couple movies oh awesome. i watched Leave the world behind. Nice. I heard that's good. It is pretty good. I mean, the the book is better, obviously, because the book is always better. Um, and the movie kind of like is a little more oh, um, overt and upfront about what exactly is happening. It kind of answers a lot of um, questions that the book doesn't, and I don't really think need to be answered. But um, there's a lot of cool sequences in it, and um, all the acting is pretty good. So. Um, I would say I would recommend that. It was pretty good. And I watched Saltburn. Really? Oh. Interesting. And I 
<laughs> and I kind of loved it. It's kind really? of amazing. <laughs> I never thought <laughs> that I would. I've um, heard conflicting things about it. I mean, anytime, you know, awful things happen to the 1%, sign me up. But Right, right. I also kind of felt bad for the, you know. But but it's just like, I don't know. Do you know that Instagram um, profile called um, Indie Sleaze? No. It's Sounds like good, though. Indie Sleaze. Oh, it's so good. Like, it takes place in 2006. And everybody's at college. And everybody has, like, really bad tattoos and eyebrow piercings. <laughs> and, and they're all listening to Block Party and, like, the Perfect. strokes and like they're mm-hmm. all drinking and partying and having sex and it's like the talented mr ripley but at that time in the world right yeah and it was just it was just kind of it was so crazy and over the top and wild that i was just really into it and the director did most promising woman and it makes right. total sense that she would like it's oh a God. really good follow-up to that movie um and all the hey, man, perform- I got a, man, I got a, I got an important question. Yeah. Is Barry Keegan hang dong in this film? Yeah, there's something about dick yeah. in it, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a very extended <laughs> the ending. I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, at no, the end yes. there's there's, you can just there's the the ending is this extended kind of Okay. But um respect movie. I respect this movie. There's a wild bathtub scene. I heard I think I heard it was a Barry fake- Keegan is a fake, a fake pain. He insisted. Oh, it's interesting. Not. interesting. I mean, who knows? I mean, either way, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's a wild bathtub scene that's so funny, and there's other things that happen that is just kind of. It's like, yeah, but yeah, I would recommend it. Cool. Barry Keegan's good in it. He's very good in it, and um, what's her name? She plays the mom. Um, Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. Oh, yes, yes. Um, she kind of steals all the she's great. scenes that she's in. She's really funny and, you know, just like kind of like soaks up the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't was... know. I think she peaked in um, Doom. Oh, that wow. was her, right? <laughs> Maybe. Probably. <laughs> she was, I believe that was her in Doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. That's cool. Nice. Did you see anything, Tim? Other than Rosamund Pike and Doom, no. <laughs> Separ Fi, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say some quick stuff. I saw Ferrari, the new Michael Mann movie with um, Adam Driver playing an Italian again. Um, it's it's a very good movie. I don't know. It's all right. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's well done. Yeah. It's smart to cast someone whose surname is Driver in a movie about a car. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it was right there. Yeah. It's a well done movie. Interesting story. Uh, Penelope Cruz is incredible in it, as everyone says. Um, Adam Driver is very good. It's just like a solid movie. Um, it does have a car accident scene that is intense. Like it's like messed up and upsetting. And Michael Mann is very smart to how he sets it up and how he jumps. Like the way the scene it goes to right after says a lot about how. You know, I'm assuming the manly instinct to create at any expense. Um, You know, uh, it's it's interesting movie for sure. I saw Rebel Moon. It took me four sittings to finish it. Oh, Oh, brutal! I don't dislike Zack Snyder, but I just felt bored. I just was not invested. 
Um, it definitely could have stood. It definitely would be better with an R rating because it felt kind of held back a lot of the time. Um, but uh, what's her face? Uh, Sophia Butella um, is very good in it. She's great. And um, oh, I, I like Sophia Butella. Yeah, she like grounds the movie. Honestly, I don't know if I would have cared at all if she wasn't in it. Mm. You know, I'll watch the next one and I, I would be interested in the R rated cut. Maybe I'll just wait for an R rated cut. But um, yeah. it's 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 fine. You know, I don't think it's as good as I, I would. I don't think it's as good as a lot of Zack Snyder's other movies, actually. But I would say I probably enjoyed it more than Army of the Dead, at least. And uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I saw fucking Aquaman, too. I went and I actually had a day off last week and I did a double feature. I went and saw Ferrari and then Aquaman in a row. Um, wow, that, that was your wow. Barbenheimer, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was my Barbenheimer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, water Ferrari. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, wow, man. Like, what a disaster Aquaman 2 is. Wow. Uh, you can just... Oh. A lot of it seems like it's one of those like SNL fake movies, you know, like it seems like the Aquaman, a lot of it seemed like the Aquaman movie they would make if Jason Momoa were hosting SNL and they had like a yeah. fake Aquaman movie, it would be this at points and other parts wow. of it just seemed like they were written by like an AI that had just ingested a bunch of kids movies like Sing or Troll to Trolls 2 or something. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Just a lot of like awkward, like forced comedy yeah it is it, it is a really rough watch especially since i can you can tell it's really fucked with you can tell that so many things were reshoots and late editions because this movie was mm. supposed to come out two years ago it, it, it has been test screened more than almost any other movie in recent memory there's so many different versions of it it's mm. it's just so messy and it's a shame because uh, James Wan was trying really hard at points there's some really good action scenes there's really good like set pieces and there's some really good sets there's some good practical sets there's this huge indoor this huge like a submarine set it's really impressive there's characters whose costumes are based off of Planet of the Vampires which is an old Mario Bava movie i believe Oh, there's all this like interesting shit in it. Black, you know, Yaya Abdul-Mateen is Black Manta again, and he's great. And Patrick Wilson is great as Orm. Um, but like, wow, what a clunker in almost every other way. Any anything good that the movie had going for it was just like siphoned out by all the changes and so forth over the last two years. Um, and the, there is an after, like, a mid credit scene that is seemingly the last scene in the DCEU ever, and wow, what, what an oddly fitting, completely anticlimactic final scene. Yikes. Better than Barry Allen's tooth popping out? Comparable. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I'll, I'll tell you guys, but I'll edit it out. Woof. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly so just getting one over on his bro yeah i, I, I guess you know but yeah Woo. what a bummer i actually like the first one quite a bummer i will say i can see the head i can see the headline aquaman 2 puts too many lead weights on its fishing line <laughs> sinks hit the box office a lot of the headlines are sinks yeah that, that's spot yeah. on dracula i can get king Kong. We'll have a nightmare with Freddy Krueger. Have a surprise party for that old Hitler. 
Hannibal Lecter can do the catering. Oh, the sound of one of the great lines from Last Action Hero means we are out of time. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, assuming we don't get killed by the world's greatest laser graffiti artist, The Giver, before then. If you have any questions for me, Matt, or Tim, you can reach us through our email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at aiptmoviespod. If you like this podcast or any of the great podcast articles and features in AIPT, you can help them with the site and the people who work on it by signing up for a Patreon at patreon.com slash aiptcomics. Perfect. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you. Bye. I trusted you, Sean. I trusted you to not be crazy. <laughs> Did she say that? Bye.